we're in the great tribulation. I hope you have been able to gain a lot of knowledge and it has got you um, understanding a little more of the end times about what has been, what will, what, what will take place, what is going on right now, and then how do we progress from here as believers. Today, we're going to talk about the final seven judgments and, um, and what that looks like. And I'm going to do my best to try to explain what that means. And so, we are, we are in the end times. I mean, there's no doubt. You know, the people in the New Testament thought they were, but we see things progressing daily. We see things being announced from newscasters that, that are living out exactly what these verses are talking about. As I told you one more time, the prophetic overview of how this actually lays out as um, believers uh, agree, scholars agree, that uh, we are in the church age right now. We're, next Sunday, we're going to be looking back at the cross. The Old Testament saints looked forward to the cross. They looked forward. We are just waiting on the rapture. The rapture is going to occur for the New Testament saints. I do not believe the Old Testament saints will be raptured at this time. And if you disagree with me, it's okay. I get mine from Daniel chapter 12, 1 and 2 and 3. Um, I believe it's, it's, it's laid out there. But it's okay. But I, I do not believe the Old Testament saints will be, will be raptured up when the New Testament saints are. However, the tribulation will start. And so we're at the final the last bit of the last three and a half years of, of what's getting ready to occur called the Great Tribulation. Um, Jesus Christ is going to come back. When we finish today, there will be a 40-day gap between the end of the tribu- Tribulation and the start of the millennial uh, reign of Christ, the thousand-year reign. Satan's going to be bound for a thousand years. The false prophet, the beast, uh, I mean the Antichrist and, and, the, and the beast are going to be thrown into uh, the lake of fire, um, and they're going to be bound, Satan's going to be bound, and Jesus Christ will establish his kingdom for 1,000 years. I'm going to teach on this eventually. And so when he establishes his kingdom, I'm going to explain to you what that looks like. Those who, and there will be a rebellion, by the way, at the end of this 1,000 years. I'll explain that. But this is it's to be a 40-day gap. Now, let me, let me go ahead for some of you that are thinking ahead. So we're going to live on this earth for a thousand years. The, the saints are going to come back. By the way, we will not be married. Those who have been raptured, we will not be married or given in marriage, according to Matthew chapter 24. We will not experience marriage. It's only those who lived on the earth, at, at the believers, the 144,000 and the Gentile believers, those will continue to be able to produce children those children some of them will receive christ some of them will not and this will be the rebellion that will take place this will occur over a thousand years the question that you should ask yourself when i finish today is if we are going to live on this earth the current earth for a thousand years and there's only a 40-day gap between the end of what i'm talking about today and the start of the millennial reign of christ how can this be possible when I get done with the days of Scripture, you're going to be like, how in the world can anybody live on this earth for a thousand years? And let me just go ahead and tell you, nobody knows the answer to this. However, it's possible. because of It could be because of the, the powers that we will be given. 
uh, that we will be able to reconstruct and help build back. I, I have no idea, but there's only a 40-day gap between the end of what I'm talking about today to the start of the thousand-year reign of Christ, okay? So there's going to be some questions, obviously, that nobody's going to have the answer to, but I'm, I, I am very interested about that question alone. What is the earth going to look like? How is it going to be restored so that people can actually live? Will we have to live in the same manner? I mean, all these different questions come to my mind. I do not know the answer to. The, the next thing is uh, after the kingdom, uh, the thousand-year reign, then the great white throne judgment takes place. You've probably heard sermons on this. Uh, ten minutes out of hell or ten minutes of relief or whatever. All those from past will be brought up out of hell. They will be judged at the great white throne judgment. So many believers think that they're going to be judged at this. The great white throne judgment has never been designed for you as a believer. It's designed only for those who have rejected Christ as their Savior. And then they'll be thrown into the lake of fire. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth that will be reconstructed at that point. And, and I'm going to explain what that's going to look like in just a brief statement today. And then we will, we will, we will rule and reign with Christ uh, in, in the new heaven and new earth. And the Bible gives some dimensions of that and all that. So here's where we're at right now. We're at the second, uh, after the midpoint, the bowl or vile judgments, however you want to describe them. And so we've already talked about some very heavy stuff. And you're probably thinking, Chris, I really don't see the difference between the Great Tribulation and the first part. It's all bad. It definitely is all bad. So we're at the bowl judgments. If you have your Bibles, you want to turn to Revelation chapter 16. I also have it up here on the screen, however you want to do it. Um, if you, and remember, next week I'll have all the notes for each of these judgments for you to look over. And I'll give you exactly what I've presented to you so you'll have it stapled and, and ready to go to put in your uh, documents or whatever you put it. And so now we're at the bowl judgments. So we've already talked about the trumpet judgments, right? We've already talked about the seal judgments. And now we're at the bowl judgments. Hence, why is it called vile or bowl judgments? Because they're going to be poured out. And you'll see this in verse 1. And so they kind of go like this, okay? Uh, we're going to start off with some sores and afflictions, and we're gonna, then we're going to talk about some blood and the sea. We'll talk about why. We'll talk about the rivers at this point. We're going to talk about how hot it's getting ready to get. We're going to talk about the, the beast seat of government and how that's afflicted. Remember that the Antichrist is ruling the whole world under one world government. And then we're going to look at the Euphrates River is going to dry up and we're going to see why that's going to occur. And then we're going to see how uh, ultimately the earth will be shaken. All right, let's get into verse 1. He says, Then I heard a voice, a loud voice from the temple saying, Seven angels go and pour out the earth, the seven bold judgments of the wrath of God. Some people actually argue over the fact, is he talking about just some parts of the earth, or is he really talking about real earth? Was he talking about a spiritual earth? Let me tell you this. This is a literal earth. He's talking about the literal domain in which we live. By the end of this, you're going to say, you know what, and there's, it's all important. If you're like, you know what, we need to save the seas. Yeah, we need to take care of what God has told us to take care of and do our best. If you give your entire life to spare this earth and you do nothing for the soul of man, you're going to see that all your days were worthless. They didn't count for nothing. So there's a balance here is, is preserving what we have for the next generation until he comes back. But also the real focus should be that we are sold out 
to winning souls to mankind. That's where our focus and attention should be because all of this is going to be destroyed. Make no bones about it. This is not a church, this building. That building over there is not a church. Down here in the front, that's not the church. We are the church. Since Acts chapter 2, we are the church. All of this will be gone one day. All of this will be destroyed. There's nothing wrong with having nice things and, and making things look presentable. But if this is our focus, then we've missed the mark altogether. All right, and so then we get into verse 2. Here's where it really begins. So the first angel went up and poured out the bowl on the earth and a harmful and painful sore. This was a really, really interesting study here that I spent quite a bit of time on because I want to try to relate it to today. What does that look like? Some people say, oh, fire is going to strike down out of heaven. I don't believe so. I think that God is going to use exactly what we have on this earth to bring these judgments before us. We're going to talk about the sores that will be all over the body and, and, um, and, and, that they, and, and how they still blaspheme God no matter what as we look at this. I want to show you, and if you have small children in here, I don't, so I'm going to show some ulcers and I'm going to show some, some, some scabs and stuff like that. I'm going to show you this, but if you have a blood thing, you may want to do this right here. And so these are some painful skin ulcers, abscesses. So I spoke with a nurse this week, and uh, I spent about 10 minutes talking with her, I think. And I, I said, I wanted to find out exactly what this looks like as far as the feeling. Some of you have had this. You've had things on your body. You have had boils. And you can talk about yourself from personal experience. I've never been able to experience anything like that. I hope I never have to, but it's possible I might. You look at that boil in the center there, and you see the pressure that's underneath that and just wanting that pressure to be released. If you see all these abscesses, and if you notice the dead skin around the one on the left, uh, top and bottom, you know, you have to start cutting that skin away because actually the blood is trying to rejuvenate that, and then more skin dies and more skin dies. Now, why do I say all of that there I'd look at Job when when Satan was allowed to pour out the boils in him this is exactly kind of what he was dealing with do you remember he took the pottery and he scraped his skin by the way do you remember what he was sitting in in ashes why you know where he was at he was sitting in a trash heap because that's where they burned the trash and what they would do, it was a sanitary thing with pottery. They would actually burn the pottery to kill the germs and bacteria. And he was scraping his skin. And what he was trying to do was get rid of these boils and pop these boils and scrape the boils off as he did this. And this is exactly the first judgment that God is going to pour out on these people. Not for the 144,000 and those who are believers, but those who are rejecting him. I see this as an act of grace one more time. One more time. I'm calling you. I'm calling you. I'm calling you. I'm going to inflict you with as much possible pain as I possibly can to get your heart to turn. Now, some of them, their hearts will never be turned because of what it's going to explain in just a minute. Anybody know what this is? I'm going to give you a hint. Uh, April 26, 1986. Remember where you were that day, right? Anybody know? Chernobyl. Chernobyl. 
I had an incredible uh, world history teacher, and he spent quite a bit of time teaching through Chernobyl, by the way, which they actually denied for years, right? And, but there's no way of denying Chernobyl. And you've heard about Chernobyl on the news. Can I be honest, when Russia took over Chernobyl, I kind of laughed. And I said that would be equivalent to running out, grabbing a cow patty out of the field, and feeling like you won a lottery. That would be the equivalent. But you know, Russian soldiers are dying now because of the radiation poisoning that they pushed away the chemist and went and did things they weren't supposed to do. Do you realize that America is pouring millions of dollars into Chernobyl yearly, along with every other European country? Have you seen in 2012, there's so much radiation still coming from Chernobyl that it is possible, by the way, it almost exploded again in the mid-2000s, mid and they had to cool it back down that if it did, all of Europe would experience the radiation poison. This is an ongoing thing. This, this didn't end in 1986. If you look up images online, they've actually created this structure, and it looks like a huge dome. And they had to take it like a space, like they take the space shuttles, and they had to meet them together. And once it met together, nobody can go over on top of it or anything because it actually will, it would kill them. There's so much still radiation poisoning coming out of this. So, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to my point. Anybody ever heard of liquidators? By the way, that's not lumber liquidators either. Liquidators were the first people that went in at Chernobyl. They went in with the mask that we use in the hospital and that you wear during COVID. Short sleeve shirts. If they had long sleeve, it was just cotton. No headgear. You see people pulling their masks down and vomiting as they were going in. The liquidators played a huge role. In fact, the liquidators saved Europe from entire radiation poisoning. They were able to put out these fires and they, they were there building the structure. Now, how many actually liquidators were there total? There were 600,000 that went in and worked on this project during some of the most dangerous times. Let me tell you who they were. There were, there were 95,000 Russians. Do you realize 25,000 Russians lost their lives putting out this fire? and 70,000 were permanently disabled. How about those from Ukraine? About the same numbers, 25,000 lost their lives and 70,000 disabled. From Belarus, 10,000 died and 25,000 permanently disabled. 600,000 people went in there, 60,000 of them lost their lives to radiation poisoning. I'll tell you how high it was. It would be equivalent to you and I getting 160,000 chest x-rays at the same time. They went in and ultimately these guys are heroes. 
Now, why do I say that? Does anybody know how many nuclear power plants we have all over the world right now? 400. We have 400 nuclear power plants all over the world. I want you to see the liquidators. Look at his skin. Look at their skin. It looks pretty similar, doesn't it? To ulcers and boils and some of the very same thing that God promised he would inflict on certain people. Do you know what I think? I think he's going to allow these power plants like Chernobyl to explode. And the contamination is going to be so great that this is the cause. But here's the amazing thing about it. The second part of verse 2, he afflicted the people who had the mark of the beast and worshiped his image. God will make it so only those people are affected. Only those who took the mark of the beast. What is the mark of the beast? What is that? You see, in, in, in the requirement to take the mark is this. And he causes the small and great, the rich and the poor, and the free and the slaves to be given the mark on their right hands or on their foreheads. And what, what is it? The number and the meaning of it is this. And here is the wisdom. Let him who understands calculate the number of the beast. For the number is a man. And his number is 666. Have you ever stood at a cash register and it rang up $6.60? And you were like, I ain't paying that. I'm going to give you a penny more, right? I don't want to even be associated with that number. Relax. It's just the number of man. Man, man, man. But it's the number that it shows that I am going to worship this. My heart has been given to this person, to this cause. How many of you have a fish on your car or on a necklace that you wear? What, what is the fish signal? What is, what's that sign? It's the sign that you are a what? Follower of Jesus Christ. You're a fisherman. Here, the number 666 means this, that I am a follower of Antichrist. My allegiance is with him. It's what it's showing. And by the way, once they take this mark, there's no turning back. There's no recanting. There's no repenting. And so as this, what I think, could be a nuclear destruction of 400 power plants. By the way, there's nobody there caring for these power plants, why wouldn't they explode? Why wouldn't, wouldn't they? What is the result of this? The first thing is this, Revelation 13, 17, and he decrees that no one will be able to buy, he being the Antichrist, buy or sell except the one who has to mark either the name of the beast or the number written on his hand, is, is his name. What does he say? The name of the beast, not only just 666, but it also could be some type of something that shows an allegiance. Now, we've, now you've seen things where, you know, they're putting a microchip in them, and that shows that you scan your hand, and it shows your allegiance. I, I don't know what it is. Nobody does. I'm not going to spend no time on it. For whatever it is, it's just showing that I have the allegiance. It's equivalent to you putting a fish signal on your car or wearing it on your body or tattooing it on your arm. And you're like, look, I'm a follower. They have something that shows, that reads that they are a follower of Antichrist. And if you don't have this, 
then you cannot buy, you cannot sell, you cannot eat. Now here's the amazing thing, then how God is providing for the 144,000 that's going to be there and also the Gentile believers, God is miraculously performing something in their life. Have you ever thought about that? How are they eating? God is doing something to provide for these people. If he can keep this type of boils and ulcers and all the pain, if he can keep it and they can keep these people separated from that, he can provide food. He made food drop from heaven, did he not? But there's something else. By the way, this, this verse, Revelation 13, 17, bothers me too because there are going to be people that were not designed or designated to remain to the end and be believers. And I think about these moms with small children that are choosing. You know, ultimately, when they take this, they're choosing to follow the Antichrist. But I think if they have small children during this time and they're making this choice, do I let my baby starve to death or take the mark? You know, I think it's interesting. Now, I've already taught on this. So I'm not revisiting this. Just because you have a vaccination card, people think, well, that's the mark of the beast. That's ridiculous. It's not, okay? But I think about this. There's still places that you have to show your vaccination card to get in, right? It's equivalent to this. If you walk into a store, a grocery store, or whatever it is they have set up, I'm sure it's going to be very different, obviously, because of the destruction. It's probably huge distribution plants. You, in order to get in, can you imagine all these guys standing around with guns that work for the Antichrist? Or demonic beings that you're not walking in. How, would that place be a site for people trying to rob it? People being shot on sight? But you're not getting in unless you have this mark, this identification. The second thing in Revelation 20 says this, And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded. Because of their testimony, he worshipped the beast, uh, did not worship the beast or his image, and had not received the mark on their foreheads and the hands. What's another thing? These people were beheaded. You think about when's the last time that you've heard about somebody getting their head chopped off as a result of punishment? Which country in the world would do that? Will people really be this evil? To chop off people's heads because they would not receive the mark of the beast? They would not follow after Antichrist? Are people really this evil? Has anybody ever heard about Bucha, Ukraine? You probably have. You didn't know it. You've seen this image? Russia totally denies this, but this is proven to be true. The women that were raped, the men's hands tied behind their backs, executed, the children that were killed. The atrocities that are taking place and they come out this week that the government cannot even, their own government cannot stop them from the things that they are doing. Will people really be this evil to behead people during the tribulation period? You better believe it because guess what? They're that evil now. That's number one. We're going to have to roll on from here. The second angel poured out his bowl into the sea and it became blood. If you remember from the last judgments we talked about in Revelation chapter 8, you said, Chris, didn't this already happen? 
Yes, the second angel sounded the, the, something like a great mountain was burning. Remember the trumpet? And a third of the sea became blood, and a third of the creatures which were in the sea had life and died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. We already talked about this, but here's the difference. During that time, it was only a third. During that time, it was just a part. But now the contamination is going to affect the entire sea and every animal that lives in the sea. And then he says it became blood like that of a dead man and every living thing in the sea died. It became, and here's the, here's the, here's the translation, it became as a corpse's blood. Everybody has seen the difference between a corpse's blood or something that has died if you hunt versus when you kill that animal initially and you see the blood versus what it looks like just a few minutes later, a few 30 minutes later, and it turns into a congealed substance. And he says the sea will become like this where no marine life in it can possibly live. Every Thing is killed in the ocean and the entire ocean becomes as a congealed blood. Now you understand what I'm talking about? We have 40 days in between the end of all these judgments to the to millennial reign of Christ. How is all of this going to be corrected? I, I have no idea. How will people be able to live? But here's the thing. In the millennial reign of Christ, we know that there's going to be no such thing. He says, and the seas will be no more. There's no more marine life. There's no more seas. This is why God is taking care of the entire ocean at this time because at the millennial reign of Christ, there will be no seas or oceans. And see, that's what I don't know. I don't know what it will, what will the earth, the earth that we know it now will not look the same as in the millennial reign of Christ. It can't for all the destruction. Think about the magnitude of this event. Think about the stench that will be smelled all over the world. I mean, we're in our land. We're just a small part of the earth. But, but, the, but all of the oceans will be as a corpse's blood. Can you think about the stench of all this marine life? But then he turns around. And remember, right after the last time, the third, we have a third of the rivers that were turned to, to fresh water. This time, then the third angel poured out his, his, his bowl into the rivers and the springs of the waters, and they became blood. It doesn't say they became light blood. The Bible says that they became blood. This is a flowing Brand new, somebody, you just cut yourself and the blood's coming out. This is the illustration of the blood that's going to be pouring out into all the fresh water. Into our wells. Into every river. And this is what he says after the angel. And I heard the angel of the waters. Righteous are you. The one who is and was, O Holy One, because you judged, ready, every word is important, these things. I want you to think about this. Have you ever thought that, man, God doing judgment on certain things or not God, you don't feel like God's really just in this area. How many of you ever thought, man, all these people are getting away with murder and all this stuff and they're just getting away with it. By the way, isn't that what happened 
early on in the tribulation when all the martyred saints come to the throne and they go, please, God, please, God, please. Why don't you justify? Why don't you defend us? Why don't you do this? And remember, he just held his finger up to his mouth and said, shh. And he robed them with the righteousness of Christ. I want you to think about that because here's the end result. He says these things and he says, for they poured out the blood of the saints and the prophets. You have given them blood to drink. And then the angel said they deserve it. People think, oh, this is not a literal blood. This is actually in some of the commentaries. It is a literal physical blood. And he says, since you poured out all of this blood. Remember, this is just for those who had the mark of the beast. Since you poured out all this blood. Drink it. Drink it. This is what you wanted so bad. You wanted to behead all these saints, all these prophets, all the, 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 the two witnesses. You wanted them so bad. Drink it. It's yours. You got exactly what you asked for. You refused the living water that's been offered to you. Now you get the blood of the saints. I thought... Will some of this literally be the blood of the saints? But remember, we have the Gentile believers in the 144,000. We have the Jews and Gentiles. How are they surviving? God is doing a miraculous work in their bodies. He has to be hydrating them consistently during this time. Verse 7, And I heard the altar saying, Yes, Lord God, almighty and true and righteous are your judgments. God is not only just, He is fair, He is pure, and it is appropriate. Even when you feel like He is not fair, even when you're going through suffering like some of you are right now, God, if you're really sovereign, if you're really almighty, why don't you heal me? Why don't you touch that person? Why don't you help Ukraine? Why don't you help this country? Why did you allow two weeks ago for the, 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 the soldiers in Africa to kill that entire church who were worshiping you? God, where's your fairness? God, where's your justness? And he said, oh, I am in time. Shh. Verse 8, and the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the Son, we're in the fourth judgment, and it was given to the power to scorch people with fire. This is, I'm not a nuclear physicist if you're just wondering. I don't know if y'all didn't know that, but I have enjoyed looking at what this looks like. The Bible says that people were scorched with a fierce heat. Do you remember studying nuclear fusion in college? Some of you had chemistry and you studied nuclear fusion. It's when two nuclei come together and make a larger atom, right? So, and it's, there's, there's an explosion. Did you know that you're more associated with nuclear fusion than you think? Do you know this happens on the sun? constantly and all the stars constantly there are huge explosions because of the nuclei coming together and creating all of this heat but here's the thing when this takes place it can be 270 million degrees 
there's some illustrations of what we experience now from nuclear fusion. Now, not only are people dealing with the ulcers and the, bull, and the bowls, now all of a sudden he is sending this scorching heat upon these people. And their skin is swelling up. He's affecting them the worst possible way that you can. I'll never forget. We had come back from a beach trip. You know, back in the 70s and 80s, we didn't have these huge SUVs and everybody had their own seat. Nobody touched each other. And we had the headphones and the TVs in front of us, right? We had metal dashes, right? And no seat belts, right? We had, my dad had a Buick Century, and you had, you know, you had about this much space in between. You, you, don't, you don't touch, stop touching me, don't touch me. Some of you are like, well, we rode four, five in the back seat. We lay down at a floorboard, you know, y'all have stories. And I'll never forget, the day before, my, my oldest sister has really fair skin, and so the day before leaving, she fell asleep on the beach. And we were getting ready to leave. I'll never forget. I mean, you've seen people. They look like lobsters, you know, if you think the reddest person possible. And she started getting these blisters on her, on her arms and on her legs where she had burnt so bad. And I was, I was always in the middle. And I remember turning to look at something. And when I did, I just tried to turn to look out the back window and my nails went across those legs and busted blister. She screamed. Then I screamed because I got a whipping. I'm just kidding, I didn't. But she screamed. And I'll tell you this, to this day, I can still remember feeling as low as a person could feel because I, it was no intention whatsoever. And that was in that kind of environment where the sun is, is obviously scorching, if you don't believe it, go to the equator. But now we're talking a totally different experience. And they blasphemed. Here's the response. The name of God who has power over these plagues and they did not repent as to give him the glory. He says, you have the power. He had the power. He could have changed this. But they've already taken the mark. And what do they do? They curse his name. This is where their heart is. The results is their, their hearts are turned away from him. And then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast and his kingdom became darkened and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. Here is a political pour out on here the, the beast, I mean the Antichrist and all of his kingdom. It's an economic disaster that's getting ready to unfold of this man who had a one-world government and promised all of this peace and all of this success. And they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pain and their sores, and they did not repent of their deeds. Their hearts are absolutely continu continually seared. They're con completely cold to anything God has. By the way, we, we studied about this in the seal judgments. He opens his throne just for a peek and they turn their backs on him. And they said, I'd rather die. And the sixth angel, the sixth bold judgments, 
uh, on the great river the Euphrates and its water was dried up so that they would be prepared for the kings of the east that are coming. And this is interesting, by the way, so the blood is removed from this one river. And what it does, it paves a road for China and Russia. And ultimately, what is this doing? It's leading, a, a getting ready for a battle against the small nation of Israel of the battle called Armageddon. He's setting all of this up. And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophets three unclean spirits like frogs. Frogs is always a sign of a, of a, um, of a nasty animal. By the way, didn't, didn't uh, God plague Egypt with frogs? You, you realize that Egypt, every one of those plagues was a, their God. They celebrated, and God was showing how powerful he is over each of these animals. So who are these people in here? We look at the dragon, we see a beast, we see a false prophet. The dragon is Satan. The, the, the beast is the Antichrist. The false prophet, or the second beast, is him, uh, it's been the one that's been convincing others to turn their hearts and their lives towards the Antichrist. What does this look like? God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And Satan has made this where the dragon is, 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 is Satan. Then we have the Antichrist. And then we have the Holy Spirit, but all in a demonic fashion. And so here, each of these spit out something. What are they spitting out? They're spitting out some type of demonic being. And for they are the spirit of demons performing the signs which go out to the kings of the entire world to gather them together for war the great mighty day. What are these demons doing? They're going out to all those leaders and, and commands of these armies and they're convincing them to gather together. I thought about this, like, how did the animals know to just come to the ark, right? How did you know that to come to Christ? It was a convincing of the Holy Spirit. Here these demons are going out by these people who have already played their allegiance to the Antichrist, and they're convincing them to come and gather for war. They go out all over the world, I believe in, in Europe area, Russia, China, Asia, to gather all of these. They give signs and perform miracles to show their power. Behold, I am coming like a thief in the night. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes on so that he will not walk about naked and people will not see his shame. What in the world is this talking about? By the way, what does this sound like to you? Behold, I come like a thief in the night. The rapture. But the rapture's already occurred. What is he talking about? The second coming. Who is he talking to? The Jews and the Gentiles. He's like, behold, I'm getting ready to come back. By the way, are they still experiencing even though they're not experiencing the type of sufferings the others are, they're still experiencing the suffering. He says, behold, I'm coming back. Behold, I'm coming back. Don't you quit. Don't you quit. That's why people, some people believe in 1 Thessalonians. We talk about four. We read 
They says this does not apply to the rapture. They believe it applies to the second coming. I, I don't agree with that. I see their points. They make valid points. And he said, it's a warning to those on the earth. They're ready. This time is close. By the way, how many of you thought, please, God, just come back this week. Come back today. I am ready. I am done. I'm so ready to be out of here. You know what the people during the tribulation, those who have not taken the mark, please send your what? Son. And he said, I'm coming. And then he says this, keep your clothes on. Keep your clothes on. Is that a sermon in and of itself? Keep your clothes on. (laughs) What is he talking about? He's talking about this. If you are unclothed or you're in in an inappropriate manner to receive guests in your house, if you know that you have visitors coming over, you're going to have the proper attire on. And he says, keep your clothes on. I'm coming back. Meaning, be ready. Be ready. And this is what he interjects in between this. And they gathered them together to the place which is Hebrew called Armageddon. Isn't it weird that he threw this verse in between all of these other ones? It was an encouragement to them. It's an encouragement. Be ready. I'm coming back. And then he goes back to the kings and he says, by the way, they're getting them all, they're getting them all together. There's really three battles, by the way. There's uh, Gog and Magog and then Armageddon. And the last one, when Satan will be released, there'll be one more battle. It'll be quick and over. The battle of Armageddon, real quick, is a real battle in the future. The Antichrist will be leading this charge. And the outcome is the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to be thrown into the lake of fire. They're all going to lose. Jesus Christ is going to destroy them. Jesus' feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, and he's going to defeat these evil forces. And that will start the second coming. I mean, yes. The last one is seven, and we'll be done. The seventh angel poured out his bowl upon the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne. It is done. It is done. Where do, these, where do these voices come from? Did an angel announce these voices? Did the angel announce this? No, this comes directly from God himself. It is done. And then at that time, by the way, when he says this, he said, it's over. You've made it through it. For those who did, you're going to be destroyed. And there were flashes of lightning and sounds of peals of thunder and the great earthquake, such there had never been since mankind came to earth. So great an earthquake was it, and so mighty that the great city was split into three parts and the city of the nations fell. Babylon the great was remembered in the sight of God to give her a cup of the wine and the wrath of fierceness. And this is what he says. And every island fled and no mountains were found. What is he saying? There's going to be an earthquake that had never been before. That the whole earth is going to shake so violently that islands are literally going to be wiped into the bloody, corpsey mess. They will be gone. Mountains will be flattened. And not only that, and hailstones weighing a hundred pounds each. 
came down from heaven upon people and the people blasphemed God because the plague of the hell because the hailstones plague was extremely severe and then the battle of Armageddon will start and then the millennial reign of Christ this is how he ends and this is the final result is that they fail to turn over their lives to God